Brad and Glenda Pius. Thank you so much for sewing into Morning Drive Bible. Without your commitment and support, this initiative couldn't come to fruition. Good morning from Jerusalem. I am David Nekrutman here with Scott Kahn with Morning Drive Bible. Once again, we join together to discuss the serious topic of abortion. We reviewed a lot of material using different verses within the Bible, different perspectives on how you can actually interpret the verse, whether to be pro-life to the extent where Abortion is wrong across the board, no matter what, except for the life of the mother. If the mother's life is at risk, obviously an abortion is required. It doesn't matter at any time during the nine months of pregnancy. Until the birth itself. Until the birth itself. Then it's much more complicated. Right. We've sort of battled, if you want to say battled, in a very nice way. I put my sword on the side. You did. I saw the sword on the table. Yeah, I decided not to use it. I didn't want to threaten you. you didn't pick it up. At the end... We differ a little bit about whether or not government, at least the federal government, should be involved in the issue of legislating abortion or not. Right, and this is somewhat separate from our own independent perspectives in terms of the Jewish tradition, which is multivocal. It's not speaking with a single voice. There are different perspectives. You generally have a more pro-life perspective than I do, even though I'm certainly not pro-choice in all circumstances, although I look at it slightly from a more broader perspective, I think, than you do. I look at it as being allowed in more circumstances than you do. Nonetheless, the question of whether it should be made illegal in the United States is a different question altogether. And I think this is a way to sort of end the discussion about the issue of abortion. And I believe, as a person who is pro-life, that only in the time where a mother's life is at risk, that's when an abortion is required. But the fear I had in growing up with the issue is what I saw in New York earlier this year, where up until the birth, a mother can decide whether to abort the baby. It had nothing to do with health risk or anything like that. As a decision, you can do it. From my perspective, since Roe versus Wade has been passed, over 60 million babies have been aborted. We agree that majority of those babies did not pose a health risk at any point of the mother's life. You have all these potential human beings that could have been on earth contributing to human society and bringing the kingdom of heaven down to earth. I certainly respect that position. I know it's coming from a very religious and moral place. I'll mention two things, one political and one moral, that come from the other perspective. I'll mention the moral one first. Although you're right, the vast majority of those cases are not cases of abortion where the mother's life is in danger. In Jewish tradition, as it's been established and seen over the years, mother's life in danger, in quotes, is a broader category than simply she will die from this pregnancy. It could mean mental stress to the degree that it could kill her, so to speak. There are various forms of what we call pikuach nefesh, saving a life, which might not be, strictly speaking, based on this exact moment of pregnancy, but might come later on. Because the definition from your perspective is you're not looking at the fetus as a complete human being. Exactly. And therefore, I'd be... Exactly. We might have to make that very clear. And I would sort of, from a moral perspective say otherwise. I will say that based upon the technological advancements that have been done over the years, you're never going to say to somebody, I have a fetus inside my my womb. I have a baby inside my womb. And we know for a fact that even though there's early pregnancies that happen at six months or five months, the preemies, 
The births able, that happen earlier. Births happen earlier, and you put them in an incubator. There are chances for that baby to live, even though it's not a full nine-month pregnancy. So you do see that we are able to sustain life. From a moral perspective, I would say, hey, when you're aborting a baby and it's not at the risk of, of the mother's health, and if you even want to broaden the issue of the psychological consequences of having the baby and what it does to the mother's health— we are playing God with this life inside this mother's womb. But at the same time, from my perspective, as you mentioned correctly, I'm not looking at the baby in the mother's womb as a full human being. I'm not looking at it as merely another appendage of the mother. It's something in between. So even though we might be playing God vis-a-vis that quote-unquote baby, otherwise we might be playing God vis-a-vis the mother. In other words, it's not a full baby in the same way that a baby, once it's born, is a full baby. It's something else. I'm not going to say it's purely an organ. It's some other thing. That's how I see Jewish tradition as presenting it. And therefore, by legislating that it could only be allowed in a case of danger to the mother's life, there could be other mother's lives that wouldn't fall under that legislation that would be in danger anyway. And the question is, yes, 60 million babies that could have been alive, but they are not yet babies. And while they're still in the womb... I don't know how many mothers would potentially, God forbid, die, but a mother's life, which is an actual full life versus the potential life of a baby, it could very well be the mother's life, even numerically it's less, it might still take precedence. And I look at the numbers that the federal government should not be involved in legislating for the ability to do an abortion. Well, that's what I was going to say about my political understanding. From a political perspective, I actually agree with you. I don't agree with Roe v. Wade. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a constitutional scholar. But from what I understand, I think that that is a poor piece of judicial activism. The government, and the Supreme Court in particular, should not decide that abortion is an absolute right. But not because I believe, as I've made clear, that abortion should be illegal. It's rather something which should be left to the states. Why do I think that? Because you and I are coming from a Jewish perspective. Many of our listeners may be coming from other religious perspectives. There's no answer which a governmental body can use to determine what is right, what is wrong. There is no answer outside of religion or outside of an ethical moral code which can determine whether aborting a fetus is murder or something less than murder. Because there's no way to know, there's no way fundamentally to know outside of a tradition, I think it's wrong for the federal government to come out on either side of the issue. Rather, it should be left to the states. And because of that, each state should have the right to decide for itself whether or not abortion should be legal or illegal and to what point. I can disagree strongly with that legislation, but from the perspective of federalism, from the perspective of states' rights, I don't think the Supreme Court should be getting involved in this because there's no answer the Supreme Court could know that a state shouldn't decide. That's why the authors of the Constitution determined that the states have to be able to make determinations for smaller groups of population in issues that are really up to that group. But what gives the right for the state to go ahead and play God? Well, ultimately, someone has to make a legal determination. Is it legal or illegal? Someone has to decide. But the larger the group, that means that it's simply because we have a multi-ethnic society, a multi-religious society, we have a society that has many different types of beliefs in it, for the federal government to decide this belief is the one that's correct, up to the first trimester, it is an absolute right, which a state cannot stop. That's something which the federal government can't do. At some point, you can say it shouldn't be a state. But but it seems like you're okay with then New York State passing the law at the end of the day because it's their right to do so, to have an abortion all the way up until the birth. Let me put it like this. I'm going to say something which bothers me. From a purely federalist perspective, yes. 
from a moral perspective, I'm horrified. Sometimes these things come into conflict with each other and I don't know the right answer. I don't think New York State should do that. I think that the people who determine this law are really wrongheaded in doing so. There has to be much, much stronger limits than allowing abortion up to the last moment. Nevertheless, in terms of pure constitutional law, on some level, yeah, that kind of makes sense. This is where my political belief in federalism goes up against my religious belief. And obviously, as a religious person, my religious belief takes precedence. But looking at it from a legal perspective and detaching my own personal beliefs, New York State had the right to do that. It's unfortunate, though. So we both agree that there shouldn't have ever been a celebration on Absolutely the passing not. of it. Absolutely not. This is but not something like to your, celebrate. You're purest of, uh, in you, and politically speaking, you're going to say, I have to give in to what New York State said. I passed. suppose. And I'm saying this with a broken heart, but at the same time, I don't really have an answer. I guess we can say that from my perspective, I'm left with a quandary and a conundrum. I don't know the right answer right now. Because right. on a legal perspective, for me to say, well, in this case, you can't do it. But that has all sorts of ramifications in other cases where I would say, no, no, you should be allowing them to do that. It's a tough call. I don't have an answer. Just remember, we went from 24 weeks to full term. It's, it's a problem. I'm, I'm horrified by it. And at the same time, legally, I don't understand legally how we can tell them they can't do that. That's what states' rights are all about. And until the baby is born, once the baby is born by Jewish law, we're talking about something different. We're talking about a full human being. I suppose a certain ethical group could come out and say, no, you know, the first three months, the baby isn't really cognizant of its surroundings the way a human being is. So therefore, it's still not a human being. Well, as a Jew, we don't believe that. We say once the baby's head emerges from the womb, it is now a full human being 100%, and you don't even save the mother's life in that case versus the baby. It's a tough call then because they're equal human beings. And you wouldn't be able to reconsider that position as far as coming out of the womb based upon what the technology was on that particular period of time that, okay, now we know that this is a full-fledged human being, and we know that it should be able to live. Prior to that, we, you know, during, especially during the times that the decision was being made, there was no technological advances to ensure the vitality of the baby. And now everything has changed. Right. Well, you're assuming that the reason for the Jewish law, which theoretically could be true, is based on our inability to know what happened before, as opposed to a determination that life begins at birth. And before that, it's something less than life, even though it's also not, not life. In other words, David, you're making an argument based on viability of the fetus, saying if the fetus is viable, it's not a fetus, it's a baby. But that's a moral judgment, which is not necessarily true. Perhaps we can say that even though it might be viable at an earlier stage in pregnancy than we thought, that's not the definition of a human being. Viable or not, a human being is defined as post-birth, not while it's still in the womb. So I think this is where we have to end the discussion because uh, Scott is now putting me against the wall. He's about to clock me. And I think the same <laughs> is true for David to me. <laughs> It's been an interesting discussion. I really appreciate that we were able to have a healthy discussion on the issue, and we know that where we agree and where we disagree, and this is part of a continuing dialogue, and this is where people bring their moral values in, they assess it, and they say, okay, where should we be as a society? It's a conversation to be continued, I guess. One of the most important parts of this conversation is the fact that we can disagree but still speak respectfully to each other. Off the air, we won't speak respectfully to right, each other. Right, exactly. In public eye, we do. <laughs> so this is David Nekrupp. And this is Scott Kahn. Thank you for listening to Morning Drive Bible.